0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie It's Wednesday. It's November 17th. It's 2021. We have 11 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. Joined today by my buddy, Grant Neifer. Gene 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend?
1: Not too much. had a nice little easy day with only a three-game slate. It's going to be a long one
0: tomorrow. be a lot of a lot of good props. You can bet you'll like it. Um, oh yeah, eleven game slate. Eleven game slates have been fantastic for betting. Um, like anything over like eight games have been fantastic for betting. Coming from someone that's only been legally betting for like seventeen days now, so there you go.
1: Yeah, no, I had a. I generally on these big slates have like twenty plus bets out there, and they've treated me very well because there's literally. Hundreds of bets to choose from. It's it's, it's pretty pretty. Fan- it feels like NFL. I can get twenty out there easily, and basketball is even better because you have a lot more different things to bet.
0: For sure, let's get into it. Uh, a lot to talk about. Lots to cover here. Uh, we do have, you know, quite a bit of news that we're going to be waiting for later in the day. But um, you know, still some news that we can talk about and. Some scenarios that we could talk about depending on news. So let's start here. Washington at Charlotte, 220 and a half total here. Charlotte's a two point favorite. Um, Bradley Beals back, Bertans, Bryant, Hatchamar are out. And then on the Charlotte side, Hayward's probable. Washington is still out. Let's start here with Washington. Charlotte's been one of the worst defensive teams in the league this season. They're playing at one of the fastest paces in the NBA. This seems like a great spot for Washington. My only concern here, Grant, is Bradley Beal's back and all these guys are kind of priced as if Bradley Beal isn't there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a real problem. I mean, I think Bradley Beal's in play going up against Charlotte, who's just not great defensively. But outside of that, Denwitty's way too high priced considering that he's going to get he has like, what, a 6.8% increase without Beal in the game. So he's down for a huge decrease in terms of usage with Beal in there. Kuzma, Errol both get massive increases in usage without Be- with Beal in there now. That They go back to normal. and Yeah, everyone's kind of just priced a little bit too high. I mean, Kuzma's been out of play most of the time when Beal's in the game for a while now. They haven't really changed its price drastically. But Dinwiddie is the biggest beneficiary, and he's now far too high priced considering his role in this offense. So even a good matchup, some this is a game that I feel like I should want to play, but pricing at least over on DraftKings is entirely too constrictive. That the only guy I have any amount of interest in is Beal, and even Beal is probably not really in play on this slate.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't mind Bradley Beal ceiling perspective wise. This matchup is fantastic. Um, And then, I mean, I think the only other guy that I have somewhat interest in is Harold, because this is a fast-paced game. Trez is one of those guys that likes these fast-paced games. Um, I think he has like thirty-five plus point upside. It just, I mean, sixty-six hundred is where it gets so tough for me. So he's one that I'll be like checking his like point slash rebound prop in the morning. And if it comes in at like 21, I think that's where I kind of get my exposure to Harrell more than anything else. Um, The Charlotte side of things here, I mean, this is another good match. Like, we got two bad defensive teams. Washington's been better this season. They're like top five last time I checked in defense, but I'm not giving them that benefit of a doubt yet um, until they do it on a larger sample size. What are your thoughts here on Washington? Or Charlotte, sorry.
1: I mean, with everyone in there, like, Mel is now priced up at 10.7K. And that just seems like, I mean, you can absolutely play him in terms. The guy who has a massive ceiling any given night. He has triple-double upside. He has 70-point upside. He can be the highest-scoring guy on the entire slate. And you're right, Washington has been good defensively, but I, I still don't think that that's going to hold. Like, I know they got some new pieces, but it doesn't really shout out as a team that should be good defensively. So I, I just don't think I like anything from this game, really. Like, Ball's priced up, Bridges is all the way up over 8K. And, I mean, he's been playing great. He's been paying it off. But you're not getting, really getting much of a ceiling out of that price tag in most scenarios, hayward is just a guy that's left out rozier can get hot shooting it but at 6.3k his downside games are going to happen way more often than his upside game and his upside game isn't really enough to break the slate plumly like you never know how many minutes he's going to get and he's not actually been that productive in his minutes at any given time so this is a weird spot where this is a game i should love and you know if you want to game stack it go ahead but i'm probably full on fading this game
0: Indiana at Detroit 210 total here. Pacers, six and a half point favorite. Duarte's questionable Warren's out on the Detroit side. Olenick is out. Uh let's start here with the Pacers. Anything standing out to you here for Indiana?
1: Just Sabonis. Like Sabonis is sitting there at 9.2K going up against one of the worst rebounding teams in the league in Detroit. He's gotten into some foul trouble recently, like a lot. And that's why his numbers have been down pretty drastically. I don't think that really ends up happening here. Like, he's been playing, averaging – outside the last game, he's averaged right around 32 minutes a game. Don't really see that happening. He's probably going to end up with closer to 40 because they'll play him a full allotment of minutes if he stays out of foul trouble and game stays close. It would strictly be as a bring back um, with a Detroit player because I'm betting on – banking on this game staying close for his bonus to get his full allotment of minutes. But that price tag just seems far too low for his potential upside on a slate where a lot of the stars are priced up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't mind Sabonis or Brogdon in this game. The problem with Brogdon is Levert is playing 30 minutes. The usage is kind of evening out um, between those guys. So I think Sabonis, if he can stay out of foul trouble, like you said, I think this is a spot, you know, we could see a 2020 type of game from him here. So on the Detroit side, I mean, Cade Cunningham coming off of his best game as a pro. I will pat myself on the back. I nailed that one. Um, I get stuff wrong all the time, too, but pace up games seem to be Cade Cunningham's, you know, power point that we want to kind of target. This isn't one of those games. Indiana plays slow. Detroit likes to play slow. Cade Cunningham had a price increase after putting up 50 fantasy points the other night. I really don't have a ton of interest in Detroit here unless you come across the site where like Isaiah Stewart is still cheap because he's been playing minutes and he's doing really well here with Olenek out
1: yeah yeah I mean Cunningham's the only one to like Cunningham yeah maybe a shot on Stewart I think Grant if you want to throw him in in a game stack he always has a little bit of upside I know he didn't have a good game last game but still has the potential to put up a pretty massive outing at any given point considering he can Put up 23 shots, 25 shots, 30 shots in any given game. But Cunningham's really the piece I like. I actually just bet we have props out the night before. Cunningham over 14 and a half points. And I'm about to bet his over on three por- Oh gosh. He's over on three pointers already up to minus 195. That's impressive. Not betting that. Um, but yeah, Cunningham's guy. Like he's been his usage has been there just for a while. He was shooting terrible. Like last game they finally he finally started shooting decently, put up twenty shot attempts. he's had seventeen plus and six of or five of the last seven games, like the volume is absolutely there. he is in fact good, he can get rebounds, he can get assists, he can do everything, and he's six point one k It's far too cheap of a price tag. I'm just worried about his ownership here. don't really care though, probably gonna still play him
0: Boston at Atlanta. 215 total atlanta is a six point favorite here brown is out robert williams is questionable on the atlanta side some i mean more even more news going on here in atlanta when we're looking at these wings we got brogdon questionable herder questionable hunter out. um so this is one of those spots um that will definitely be kind of monitoring that could open up a lot of value but let's start here with the boston side of things Schroeder has been playing really good with Brown out. Um, I mean, he didn't have like a stellar game last time out, but he's still getting a plenty of minutes. This matchup against Atlanta is a good one. Jason Tatum hasn't been doing as well as I thought he was going to do. And then Al Horford, his price is kind of pricey. Um, if Williams sits, I mean, he could benefit a little bit. But I think the guy that we're we're kind of looking at here on Boston is Marcus Smart, 5,300, going up against Atlanta, playing 30 minutes a night, <laughs> playing almost 35 minutes a night. Um, what are your thoughts here on Boston?
1: Yeah, I think it's true, and it's uh, Smart. Like, Smart, you're right, the price tag is pretty solid here at 5.3K. It's a way to pivot off some of the chalkier guys that we'll get to later in the Dallas game. Um He has upside. The minutes are absolutely there, and the price tag just isn't high enough. But I'm still willing to hop on the Schroeder train. Like, the guy is putting up a ton of shots every single night. The Cleveland game was just ugly. Nothing was going right there. And he started off just shooting the ball horrifically. Finally came on a little bit in the fourth quarter, but he was just having a rough three quarters to start out the game. I'm I'm still willing to bet that he's going to put up 20-shot attempts or close to it in this game going up against Atlanta. I think he's still too underpriced. I think the last game where he kind of was a dud as a chalkier play, we'll keep enough people off of him where they won't. he won't end up being nearly high enough played. Um, so Schroeder and Smart, I'm right there with you on Horford being a little bit too priced and Tatum just not doing a ton. So they're both off my board. It's Schroeder and Smart.
0: The other guy that I'm going to throw out here is Josh Richardson, still 3,300. With Brown I out, I, I, I know. But like with Brown it. out, he's gone over twenty I know fantasy the points straight. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the idea of playing him, but I, I love the fact that like he's thirty three hundred, and if you're looking for a punt, like he's just a punt play that you hope to get twenty plus points, and he's he's done it in four straight. He's done it with some defense, and I mean, he's kind of filling the stat sheet up a little bit here, and this is a matchup with Atlanta, and I mean he's kind of blowout proof too. So Josh Richardson, come on down 3,300. Uh, any interest here in Atlanta? I mean, it
1: all kind of depends on the Herter news and the Bogdanovich news. Like that's, that's going to be big Hunter is already out. If both Bogdanovich and Herter are out, I mean, you have to assume Gallinari is going to play some minutes like reddish might be in play. Like they have a lot of guys that are going to play a boatload of minutes, at a very small price tag. Like, I I don't know which one I'm going to go with. I'm going to wait and see where projections are at. But, like, if Herter plays, he's a great play at 4K. Bogdanovich plays and Herter doesn't play. Bogdanovich is a pretty solid overall play. If both of them are out, the value is absolutely there. Again, going probably wait and see what RG says. But I have to assume that Galinari or Williams or Reddish are going to play a decent amount of minutes or maybe even right. I don't know. But all these guys are sub-4K and – Like, it literally drops off. There's Trey Young, there's Collins, there's Capella. Drop all the way down from 7.2K to 3.5K is the next closest guys. And they have to play a lot of minutes. So it's just a weird spot with all the injuries. They don't have any wings if those guys are out. So people have to do some work. And they're all super cheap. So I think this is a spot where you can get some very good value here.
0: I mean, Cam Reddish. If one of these guys sit with Hunter's out, already out. I mean, I think Reddish plays thirty minutes. I think Gallinari plays plenty of minutes in this game too. These guys are just so cheap in a matchup here against Boston, and this isn't like the Boston team that you know we've we've talked about for years. They're borderline top ten defense of uh, defensive team right now. So, Cleveland at Brooklyn. 207 total here. Brooklyn, a 13 point favorite. I think that will change, but we'll see. Um Allen is out, Markkanen is out, Mobley's out and Sexton's out. Um a lot of key pieces here on the Cleveland side. And Kevin Love might play. He's 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 playing. He's probable. Um and then Joe Harris they they said he's not going to play likely. Um so would likely be out again let's start here with the Cleveland side of things I mean <laughs> I don't even know what to think here um I mean is this like does Kevin Love come back and play 30 minutes in this game and if he doesn't like who who plays the minutes here I, I mean with Mobley and Allen out and Mark and out like I mean. Dean cool. Wade. I guess. I, I think they
1: played some Dean Wade at, at the five um, in the last game without uh, marking in without Jared Allen. I have to assume they're probably going to do the same thing here. Like Dean Wade. Jetty's a fantastic play. Uh, he's going to play a boatload of minutes. A lot of the usage guys in Sexton and Mobley and Allen are all out. Like I I I kind of like everyone here. Like without those guys in there, Garland and Rubio are gonna eat up a ton of usage. Like and then after that, it's like I'm not playing a coro. Like you can if you want. He I know he put up twenty-eight in the last game. He's really not doing much on the offense. end. Like he is cheap. You there are worse guys, but I think I prefer to play like Jetty, um Dean Wade. We could potentially see Valentine put up a decent game, play a decent amount of minutes here. Like They could end up going small. Um, It's just an interesting spot. I don't know if Love's going to come in and play 30 minutes. I could still see playing love, even if he's going to only play 25 minutes because there's a lot of usage missing there and they need a little bit of height, but kind of everyone's in play. I mean, if I had to rank, it's probably Rubio Garland, Jetty, actually probably Rubio, Jetty, Garland, then probably dean wade then love and i know it's not things you really want to play but it doesn't really matter considering the price tags and the amount of minutes and usage that has to go around i know this probably isn't gonna be like high scoring game and there is a decent chance of a blowout but i think even in a blowout, some of these guys are going to get some run so it's it's just an interesting spot
0: yeah i mean when i look at this spot just in general it's like uh Kevin loves season high on minutes is 24 minutes. So I mean they signed I think it was Taco Fall to like a 10-day deal.
1: Yeah, and two-way contract and played eight minutes. I mean Who doesn't love seeing taco fall.
0: Tacos fall into my mouth. Um that was not even good. No, that wasn't it even wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't even a good joke. Um I don't know, man. It's so tough to kind of project where these minutes. um, I think Kevin Love draws the start. I think Dean Wade, like you said, probably draws the start at the four. I mean, Rubio at 6,500 should have a ton of usage in this game. I think you take shots on Dean Wade. I think you take shots on Kevin Love. I think you take Osman. And if you want to get crazy in a GPP, maybe you take some shots on taco fall.
1: I mean, really interesting when we see the starting lineup.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of, if I'm playing Osman, I kind of want him to be on the second unit. Cause I know he's going to close the, you know, he'll close the halves. If the game is close. Um, I was just trying to look when Mobley got hurt. I mean, Dean Wade played the, every minute when Mobley went out um, the other night. So I don't know. I, I mean, trying to project this is is really tough. They used Taco Fall at the five the other night a little bit um, when Mobley was out. So maybe he plays a little bit, but I don't know. With Kevin Love being back, if Kevin Love wasn't going to play in this game, I would definitely take some shots on Taco Fall. So. Yeah. All right. Brooklyn side, they're on the second end of a back-to-back. They got crushed um, by Golden State. It wasn't even close. Um, And if Cleveland was full strength here, I think that Cleveland would definitely have a chance to beat Brooklyn here. What are your thoughts with Durant and Harden, both over 11K? Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of like looking for some value with like Bruce Brown or Patty Mills more than playing the studs.
1: Yeah. No, I'm probably out on out on a pretty much both drain hard and almost everyone else. Like it's a little bit different on today's slate where we need a little bit of, um, value. Yes. Patty Mills or Brown are both viable value plays. I think you got better ones on the slate with Dallas, with Cleveland, with the other spots here. So I don't really know if there's anything that I want, um, from Brooklyn and it's, it's just a weird spot where they're priced up enough. We have enough studs on the slate and I think you're better off going elsewhere where Durant and Harden are kind of just out of play. It's not going to be as high of a scoring game. Like it's not a great matchup going up against Cleveland, even without no bodies, without any bodies in there. I still I th- think there's a decent chance of a blowout. Like I'm, I'm probably just kind of out on Brooklyn as a whole.
0: New Orleans at Miami. Two o five and a half total here. Miami eight and a half point favorite on some books. A lot of books don't have this game up yet. Um, Zion's still out for New Orleans on the Miami side. Bam Butler and Deadman are all questionable. Morris is out. Oladipo is still out. Starting here with the New Orleans side of things. I mean, I want to say tough matchup, right? Because Miami Miami is a good defensive team. But if Butler sits, if Bam sits, that is a huge hit to the good defensive Miami team. Um, so I I kind of want to look at this game tomorrow when we get more injury news. Because I, I think if we start getting news like Bam and Butler are not going to play, I think Ingram, I think Graham becomes interesting. Um, if those guys play, honestly, this game is probably a full fade for me.
1: Yeah, no, kind of on the same page as you. I mean, my problem with New Orleans is uh, price tags. Like, with Ingram back in here, like, we don't know if Ingram's going to be on a minute's restriction still. Like, we'll probably get news about that tomorrow. Only played 32 minutes in the last one. Still isn't bad, but his current price tag, I don't know if it's a great, great spot to play him. Um, So, he's just kind of in a price zone where I don't think you're getting a ton of upside. You might get a decent floor just because of the sheer volume he's going to have. And that's... Kind of it, um, Valanciunas with Ingram in the game, usage goes down. Same thing with Graham. Same thing with Na. Like it's it just everyone's priced a little bit too high, considering. So I'm kind of just out. I mean, looking at sports books, Graham's at a 14 and a half point over, and Na's at a 13 and a half. Like they're just not exciting at their price tags. So if Butler and Bam are in, I think this has a Real chance at a blowout, and it's a tough matchup. If Bam and Butler are out, I think you can still take a shot on Ingram, but not, none of these guys stand out as good plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if we get news that Butler and Bam sits, I, I mean, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, ton of interest in both of those guys. I probably don't play Kyle Lowry. I don't think Kyle Lowry has like the ceiling that Tyler hero has. Right. Even like with Butler and bam out, I still think hero has the ceiling. I think Robinson will have the minutes. And I mean, as much as I hate to say it, PJ Tucker probably plays like 30 minutes. Um, I know like Josh Richardson and PJ Tucker mentioned in the same podcast. Like I need to go to bed. Um, like what are your thoughts, I guess, on the Miami side, depending it really just depends on Butler, right? And Bam. Yeah, if
1: Butler's out, play Bam. If Bam's out, play Butler. If both are out, I think you can play Lowry, you can play Hero. You can even play Robinson at this price tag. You can play Deadman if Bam's out, regardless. It's just kind of kind of how it's going. Um, yeah, it's an interesting little spot here where we need this news in order to make a decision. But if they're out, like I don't care that Tyler Hero now. 7,500, like the guy is going to take 20 some odd shot attempts. He's going to play close to 40 minutes. Like I I know he's expensive, but the usage bump just goes through the roof and Lowry can, I know he didn't have a great game the other night, but Lowry can still absolutely get it done. Robinson can have seven three pointers in this game. Like it's, it's just a spot where like anytime you get that much of a usage hole based on the injuries, going up against a bad pelicans team like it, it's just a spot where you're going to have some really good really good plays here.
0: Orlando at New York facing the Knicks 210 total here Knicks 11 and a half point favorite um Michael Carter Williams, Foltz, Isaac Moore all still out. Suggs is questionable and then Nerlens Noel is out for the Knicks um I mean, Jalen Suggs in or out, um, obviously matters. We saw him miss Monday's game and we saw Cole Anthony, you know, shoot 19 times and have a really big game. And I mean, I, we were talking about it on the podcast Monday and I, I was like, man, maybe this is like Terrence Ross's spot. If Suggs doesn't play, he shot the ball 19 times, Grant 19 times. Um, so, I mean, if Suggs doesn't play, I'm going back to the well on Terrence Ross for sure, shooting this much. Um, but, I mean, Cole Anthony, 7,900 I think is fair. Wendell Carter Jr. is someone that I know you've been hammering his, like, three-point prop a lot here recently. Doing it right now. It's um, already up. <laughs> is, it, is it two and a half or one and a half? One and over one and a half. I mean, granted,
1: he hit. He hit the over in the first five minutes, both the last two games, but he you did also. Him. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he got three. He went three for three in the first eight minutes. Did not shoot again from beyond the arc the rest of the game, which is concerning, but at plus 150, I still think it's worth it. I hit both that and I hit the over on 11.5 um, points. It's actually dropped normally 12. I'm guessing it's because of the matchup going up against the Knicks. But Wendell Carter Jr., like – not the worst play in fantasy at 6,700 on this slate. I think you can do better. Same with Bamba. Um, like Cole Anthony has been very good recently. And without, if Suggs doesn't end up playing, I know they got a price increase to 7,900, but I think Cole Anthony's still in play. Like this guy's good. Suggs may not be doing a ton. Like you may not think of him as a huge piece in this offense, but he is one of the leaders in usage on this team. Like, he may not make shots, but he puts them up a whole lot. So, without him in the game, Cole Anthony is going to shoot more. Terrence Ross, like, I might go back to the wall, 3,500. Again, no, he has – it's not like he did terrible. He just got no ancillary stats. He put up 19 shot attempts in the last game. But he – and he got 19 point real-life points. He just got nothing else. That's not going to happen too often. So 3,500, I don't think he's a terrible play, but it's him and Anthony if Suggs ends up missing. If Suggs ends up playing, and this is probably a fade spot for me.
0: On the Knicks side, I mean, good matchup here against Orlando. They're not a very good defensive team. Um, Julius Randle, 9,900. I think his price has kind of priced him out of playing him. Um, I mean, Kimba Walker had the really good game against Charlotte, but that was against Charlotte. And I feel like the guy that... I might play like is Derek Rose 4,600. I think he's the guy that you're potentially looking at for the Knicks here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you can play Kim, but I think you can pay Barrett. I think you can play Rose. Like all three of these guys are a little bit cheap considering their potential upside going up against a bad Orlando team. Um, Randall is priced up and on this big of a slate, you just don't really need to take a shot. You're not getting a massive ceiling from him anymore like in the floor isn't even there as much at 9.9 K it's just too expensive, but everyone else on this team is kind of a little bit underpriced. Uh, you don't know which one it's going to be on a given night. So I wouldn't pair like Walker and Rose together. I've, I've set a rule with Walker or Rose or Bar- Barrett in lineup. I think one of them goes off for a 40 plus point game here, um, at their current price tags. I think that is a pretty solid, solid score there. So, um, they're all a little bit too cheap considering their upside, their price for their potential downside, which makes them good GvP plays. But that's that. probably not going for any, probably not going Randall, probably not mentioned messing with Robinson, anyone else. Like it, it's strictly those three pieces that one of them generally has a pretty solid outing. Um, you just got to hope that you're right on any given night.
0: All right, moving on here. We got the Lakers at the Bucks, 221 total here. Um, Milwaukee is a nine-point favorite. Ariza, Dumbaya, LeBron, and Nunn are out for the Lakers. Steven Vincenzo and Lopez are out for, for Milwaukee. Um, expected back here, big news, um, is Middleton. He's probable for this one, and I mean – it was a personal matter. It wasn't like an injury. So I think he plays normal amount of minutes here. Let's start with the Lakers side of things. I, I mean, if the Lakers are going to keep this game close, it's probably going to be Westbrook and Davis. What are your thoughts around the Lakers?
1: We're probably not going back to the THT. Well, after an $1,800 price increase, right?
0: Way too high.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Westbrook or it's Davis. Like, this game stays close, it's one of them. One of them goes off a massive game. I think I prefer Davis to Westbrook. No one else, really. Like, it, it's, it's that simple. I know. Like, now they're all priced where they should be. Just not worth it to play. And you're not getting a huge amount of upside. Yes, Anthony can go out and can hit a ton of shots. Yes, THT did put up a huge outing last game. But I'm not really expecting that again. Um, and he's priced where he should be and this is an 11 game slate with huge amounts of value in the 4 or 5 3k range or he's just kind of off my board um so yeah pretty much just Davis of Westbrook
0: yeah i mean Harden Tucker i don't have fanduel and yahoo pricing up in front of me if he's still cheap on either one of those sites um i think he's okay on draftkings i just he got extra run the other night in the blowout against the bulls and I mean, unless you think this game's going to be a blowout and trying to predict a blowout is always fun. Um, I just, I mean, I can't, I can't pay the price increase. Um, Malik Monk has been playing minutes. He just hasn't been doing anything with them. And then on the buck side of things, I mean, Giannis is twelve five, with Middleton coming back. I think, I think Giannis is just too expensive.
1: Yeah, Giannis with Middleton coming back, Giannis is just too expensive at 12.5k. I'm not going to argue with playing him. I plan on fading him, even though there is a lot of value to play pay out for him. I think they might draw enough ownership because of that, where it's just not really a great spot. Uh, no Middleton coming back. 8K, probably too high of a price tag, even going up against a Lakers team where they give they give up a lot of points. Um Drew. No interest in him with Middleton back. Grayson Allen probably going to get less usage, less minutes. He's not really a guy that's on my radar. Portis is all the way up to 6,900 with everyone back. It's just far too high priced. So, yeah, like this is a Milwaukee team that's priced without Middleton in the lineup and probably still too high priced without Middleton in the lineup, even if he wasn't playing. So it's not really a spot where I want to go with any of these guys. Uh, Probably a full-on fade for me.
0: Sacramento at Minnesota, 224 and a half total here. In Minnesota, three point favorites. Uh, Sacramento injury wise, good to go. Nas Reed and Okaji are questionable on the Minnesota side of things. Um let's start here with the Kings. I mean, Minnesota is a team that I like to target against. They are a team that, you know, plays at a really good pace and I mean, the Kings, both these two teams are top 10 in pace. So, I mean, this game has one of the highest totals on the slate as of right now. What are your thoughts on the Kings?
1: I mean, I'm not in love with any of them. I guess this is a good matchup. Um, It would just be like this is strictly a game stack game for me. Um, I don't like any of these pieces individually, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think that Fox can drastically outdo his price tag, even though he hasn't been – fantastic recently. He still offers you a huge amount of upside just based on the volume that he has every single game. Um, Barnes, he kind of plateaued, and we've seen this last year. Like He goes and just crushes it for a four, five, six-game span and then just goes back to regular Harrison Barnes. He's still priced like he was playing in the earlier part of the season, where I don't think he's really worth it. Holmes is interesting. Um, Could get a decent amount of run here with Towns, offers you upside in almost any given game, 6.7 K. He can put up almost 50 points. He can put up a 15, 15, 20, 15 game, any given time. I think that he offers a little bit of value and he's a decent spot for a game stack. And then Halliburton his upside is pretty, pretty solid at this 59 K or 5.9 K price tag. Um, So real realistically, all that to say, like you can play any of those guys if you want or hide, but Halliburton and Holmes would be the two guys I would throw in there and mostly be in a game stack.
0: Yeah, those are the two guys that I really like, Holmes and Halliburton. I mean, I'm never going to argue with you if you want to play De'Aaron Fox because he does have 50-plus point upside in any matchup, and this is going to be a really fast-paced game. So, I mean, I don't ever hate taking shots on De'Aaron Fox. On the Minnesota side of things, I mean, Edwards is having a really good season. His price is just it's right where it should be. You know, he's had some really big games this season um I mean Carl Anthony Towns is 10-4 I don't know if I would like classify him in the same range as some of these other guys in this price range so I mean for me on the Minnesota side of things there's just not a lot that I love I mean like you said I think if you're looking at this game you're looking at it more as just going to be fast paced let's stack it a little bit and hope that it you know just becomes one of those really like big shootout type games
1: yeah yeah pretty much i mean i don't mind russell i don't mind edwards i don't mind towns but i like i said i'm mostly throwing them in for a game stack here i'm expecting this game to be close high scoring big shootout in towns edwards and russell those are the three guys that are going to end up getting there i mean that usage is split pretty easily evenly between those three in this offense and anyone can get hot on any given night and the other two not really do too much. So I would generally throw one of those three in there, bring it back with Halberton and Holmes or Halbert or Holmes, uh, just kind of the way that it is. This Minnesota offense, you only really want to target any of those three guys. And and that that's pretty much it. I mean, you're probably not putting Beverly, maybe on a different slate, but with this one with so much value, I don't think it's worth it.
0: All right, we're cruising along here. We got – Houston at OKC, 213.5 total here. The Thunder are a three-point favorite. I mean, I think the Thunder might only be favorites against, like, Houston and Orlando this year. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable. He's really the big news that we're going to be watching in this one. But outside of that, I mean, both these teams are pretty healthy. Uh, What are we looking at here as far as Houston is concerned? I mean,
1: I think I like Christian Wood regardless. 7.7K um, is probably not expensive enough for him. I know that he hasn't done great in the last two games. The mans really haven't been there. I don't know if that will continue. It could just be because of the massive blowouts is my guess. Um, so going up against OKC, this game should stay close. It has a good chance as most of the other games on the slate. So, if we're getting 36, 37, 38 minutes out of Christian Wood, 7.7K is far too low. And if Kevin Porter Jr. misses, like Christian Wood's in a smash spot at this price tag, it stays close. So, he's the main guy. If Porter ends up missing, I think Jalen Green becomes interesting. Eric Gordon becomes interesting. Even Jason Tate becomes interesting. But Green would probably be my favorite. I mean, this guy is going to shoot a lot without KPGA in there. He's probably going to get some more usage. May not be doing much with it, but I think it's a spot where you kind of wait for the KBJ news to come out and then adjust your rosters accordingly. This is one of the later games on the slate. So right before the last two games, you can wait. If the news doesn't come out before lock, you can always do a little bit of switching around based on how you're doing in the beginning games. If you have a few Dallas pieces and you have to switch over to this Houston game, I think that Jalen Green is a guy that can get you some upside, but I don't mind him, Tate, or Gordon – and I love Christian Wood regardless.
0: Yeah, I really like the spot for Christian Wood. Um, on the OKC side of things, I mean, this is an amazing spot for the Thunder. Houston plays at the fastest pace in the NBA. They're not a very good defensive team. You don't get many better spots than facing Houston. So I like SGA. I really like Robinson Earl again. Talked about him the other day. Uh, he had 11 shot attempts. I think this is a guy that at 3,500 ever since he's moved into the starting lineup, he's just been very consistent as far as fantasy production and he's still only 3,500. Now he gets this matchup against Houston. So Robinson Earl and SGA, I, I think are fantastic plays and I really don't think either one of them are going to get a ton of ownership here.
1: Yeah, no, especially the fact that SGA had a rough shooting night going up against Miami, but Miami's a tough matchup. I know that, A lot of guys were out, so it doesn't really apply as much. But the second end of a back to back, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. Any game where it stays close, SGA is generally in there for 35 plus minutes. So I think there's a spot where SGA at 8.7k offers a good spot. But I'll play almost anyone else in this team. Like, I I just don't really care going up against Houston. Like, this is a game stack game. This is bringing back. You have Christian Wood bringing back with SGA. You can go Giddy, you can go Basley. you can go Dort. Like, you can go any of those guys. All of them offer a decent amount of upside in any given matchup and a matchup going up against Houston. Like, Dort has those games where he just gets hot from behind the arc and he ends up shooting a lot as a game versus Houston. Again, looking at game logs don't always apply too much to OKC as they don't apply too much to Houston because they end up in a lot of blowouts. Like, not even close blowouts where it's over at halftime. Um, So, I think there's a spot where... SGA is the guy that really stands out. But I think after that, Dort is solid. Getty would probably be my third pick. And then B- Baisley uh, is also in play. And they're all good guys to throw in a game stack.
0: Dallas at Phoenix 220 total here. Phoenix is a five and a half point favorite. Um, one of my favorite bets. I'm gonna I'll say this again here in a minute when we do a morning grind game. But I really like um, Phoenix minus five and a half. Um, with no Luka. He's out. Keebler's out. On the Phoenix side, Kaminsky's questionable and Sarge is out still. Uh, Aiton came back. The other night, played 33 minutes like he hadn't missed a beat. Um, So I expect him to play with no issues here. On the Dallas side of things, I mean, Jalen Brunson, 5,700. Fire him up. Here we go.
1: Yep. Um, And can you guess what my two bets in this game I've already placed are?
0: Phoenix minus nope. five and a half. Oh,
1: no, they're both player props.
0: Oh, well, then you definitely took a prop on Brunson's points and Porzingis points slash rebounds.
1: Um, no, actually, it's Porzingis points at 19 and a half over. Porzingis <laughs> three pointers over two and a half at plus 150. Absolutely just silly lines here. Those are the, what the lines should be with Luca in the game. Porzingis has had 20-plus points in each of the last three games, and now he's here without Luca. He's had five, three, and two, and three three-pointers in the last four games. Like, these are good bets. I'm, 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 is it good that I'm giving out bets on the morning grind?
0: Yes, we're good, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, it's so nice when you have a three-game slate with very little back-to-backs, and so everyone already has props out there that are just bad. Not everyone,
0: um, but, not everyone. Not the hard rock Florida. They did not have
1: DraftKings specifically, guys. All my bets have been made on DraftKings because they have all these props out early. Um, love it. Uh, but yeah, so Porzingis, Smash Spot, Brunson, Smash Spot, Artaway good play. Play anyone, like without Luca in there, it's a, it's a massive usage hole. And Porzingis and Brunson are by far the two best plays, but anyone else who's going to see an increase in usage is definitely in play. And, I mean, they all should play a boatload of minutes. So this is this is just a solid spot for fantasy. This is the reason why, like, there's a lot of games on the slate that are a bit, off, like, very tight pricing, and then a lot of games that are horrible pricing. And this is the game that has horrible pricing because of the Luka news. And so Dallas just lock it, not lock in these guys. Play a lot of these guys. If you want to lock in Porzingis or Brunson, I have no problem with that, though.
0: Yeah, per 36 in 60 minutes this season without Luca on the floor, Porzingis is averaging 53 fantasy points and 33 actual points. What's his point?
1: Yeah, 33 actual points? Gosh, I feel like I should – I'm probably going to bet it's points and rebounds total. That just seems bad too. What do you think it's at? Um,
0: 24 and a
1: half. 28.5. That's still too low.
0: Yeah, I mean, he might get there on points alone.
1: Well, according to court IQ, he should. Yeah.
0: The other one that I'd be looking at um, on a betting perspective is Jalen Brunson. He's averaging ten assists and seventeen points um, with Luke off the floor in sixty minutes this season. So,
1: yeah, his points prop is set at seventeen point five. I think that one's actually right.
0: That's actually um, that's solid. Yeah,
1: yeah but it's a, what I wonder what his assist prop is. It's also nice having these out here the night before just to kind of confirm our thoughts. Gosh, I love gambling. Brunson's at
0: you said what was his, his assist per 36 in 60 minutes? It's
1: 10.1. All right. Uh, his assist prop is at six and a half plus 120 on the over, and I'm hitting that.
0: Yeah, plus 120. Getting, I mean, that that seems solid. So, um, all right. Phoenix side of things, I mean, you, you are a little worried as far as matchup is concerned here, you know, Phoenix, uh you know, top five defensive team this season. Chris Paul, he's having a great year. Him and Booker are both kind of priced appropriately. I, I feel like Aiton is the guy that I have the most interest in here. 6,200, I feel like this is a spot he could go for, like, 40-plus fantasy points. Um, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Aiton and the Phoenix Suns?
1: I mean, it's pretty much just DeAndre Obviously, we're not playing McGee or Kaminsky without, with Aiden back in the game. Bridges... I think is probably priced where he should be and a guy that you can't really play on this slate considering everyone else. As far as spin-ups go, like Booker and Paul, yeah, either one of them can get it done. But there's so many other guys in the seven, eight, nine K range that are just better plays like potential blowout is a little bit of a worry, but mostly these guys are just priced where they're supposed to be outside of eight and who, Offer some upside in the spot.
0: We finish it out. The slate here with Chicago at Portland, 221 and a half total on a couple books. Portland is a three-point favorite. On the Chicago side, green is questionable. Vooch is out. Williams is out. And on the Portland side, Lillard and Powell are questionable. Let's start with Chicago. What do you like here for the Bulls?
1: Rosen, Levine, Ball, all are in play. Again, it's big enough slay. I know DeRozan went off for a massive outing the last two games in L.A. Portland's a pretty solid overall matchup. Again, it's kind of how roster build goes. Like, he's in play. Levine and him have all the usage in the world. Either one of them can end up with 50-plus points. It's been DeRozan more recently. So, I mean, I think I'd probably lean slightly towards Levine just because I don't think many people are going to play him. Um, Ball, after his 50-point outing, did not get a price increase always in play for tournaments, but you kind of wait and see how many people are playing him before you really decide to play him. Yes. He went, put up 53, but he also went 10 for 13 from the field, including seven for 10 from beyond the arc. Don't really see that happening. He's done that twice in the last four games. So that's why people looking at box scores are going to see a 53 and a 43 and think that he has a huge amount of upside, which in general he does, but he's not getting all the usage he got there from hot shooting nights and that was mostly it he did do well otherwise but should have only been in the low 40 point range instead of the 50 point range Um, so I'm mostly just in for DeRozan and Levine
0: yeah I mean DeRozan has definitely seen a huge uptick in production with out. so don't mind DeRozan. I think he's kind of priced right. I think Levine's priced right. But if this game stays close, this is another one of those games where I think you're potentially game stacking. Um, if Lillard plays, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in Portland at these prices. If Lillard sits, McCollum is someone that I really like. And Covington is someone that I really like if Lillard sits because, I mean, Norman Powell, I think, would sit too. Um with an ankle sprain, so if those guys sit, I really like Covington. I don't mind. Um, obviously, Simon's becomes super interesting if Lillard doesn't play, and um, I mean maybe you get a little little,
1: little little. Yeah, no, it's little. It's McCollum. It's Covington if Lillard doesn't end up playing. If Lillard ends up playing, I think McCollum's probably priced where he's at, and. Lillard's probably priced where he's at. Like, I don't, I don't really have a ton of interest in anyone on Portland if Lillard ends up playing. That's kind of the news that you need. And if he misses, like, obviously Little is going to play a bunch of minutes, and McCollum's going to have a massive increase in usage. But it's kind of all up to that news. If he's in there, I'm just out. If he's in, or if he's out, then I go. McCollum, I'd go. Covington, I'd go Little.
0: All right. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite play under 5K to go 7X today. I mean, there's like,
1: what, 30 of them? Um, And I say that as I stall for time trying to figure out who to go with, and I'm stalling. I'm going to go Derek Rose.
0: I don't mind. Ah, That that should be
1: my let's get weird GBP play, isn't it?
0: Doesn't matter. I'll go Derek Rose. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go Robinson Earl. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Giannis. Yep, that was mine too. Um, I mean, I'm probably just going to go Kevin Durant here. Like, at 11-5, uh, he, he needs a big game. And I mean, he's only gone. He hasn't gone over 60 fantasy points in any of the last 10 games.
1: Yeah. It was going to be him Harden or Giannis.
0: Who's your favorite six X play today? I'm
1: going to go Christian. Wood.
0: I I didn't want to take
1: any Dallas players.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to go Dallas either. I think everyone knows our thoughts on them. I'm going to go Rashard and Holmes. I really like this spot for him today. I like this game just is a really good game. and We know how bad Carl Anthony Towns is on the defensive side. So if Holmes can stay out of foul trouble, which he's been doing a really good job of this season, I think he crushes in this spot. Uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got today? Uh, um,
1: Jetty's probably not weird. I said Rose. This is assuming that KPJ misses. I'm going to go Jalen Green. But on the chance he plays. Eh, I'll just go Jalen Green. I forgot who I was
0: gonna say. It happens to the best of us. I'm gonna go Josh Richardson. Like it.
1: Actually, I don't like it. I hate playing him, but
0: I hate playing him too. I just I mean, the situation for him right now in Boston is twenty-five minutes a night with Brown out and putting up twenty fantasy points a night at thirty three hundred, like I mean, if he could have a a few extra rebounds or something and get to get to 25 at thirty three hundred, that's super solid. So um any bets standing out to you? I know we've we've given out a bunch of them that we like. Um I mean I'll
1: just I'll just reiterate it for people who are still listening, the ones that I made. Um let's see, check open. Jalen Brunson over six and a half assists. Porzingis over 28.5 points and rebounds combined. Porzingis over two and a half threes. Make sure you get that at plus 150. Porzingis over 19 and a half points. Carter over one and a half threes. Carter over 11 and a half points. And Cunningham over 14.5 points. And if you win money on those, side up for scores and odds, guys.
0: Yeah, check them out. Scores and odds. I have um, my link. You can sign up through on the podcast page here. So if you haven't already, take advantage of that. Um, I'm going to go Phoenix minus five and a half. I think this line is going to move a bunch. I think Phoenix Dallas is a team that like i bet against a lot recently. Um, doesn't always work out, but I mean, it's worked out more than it hasn't. So I really like Phoenix minus five and a half in this game. But I mean, there's no secret. The poor points prop is by far my favorite. There you go. It's gonna wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more hoops and football podcasts. Thursday, uh, week eleven. It's crazy already. Yeah. Uh, good luck, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow. See you.